Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Impossible Podcast, episode number 27, right? Yep. <laughs> we are going to talk about three things that are working now widely well with micro offers or small offers or low ticket funnels that lead to high ticket funnels and five figures or more per month. So what I'm going to do is have Mia take it away with the three things and each of us individually will talk because we have the entire I Impossible team micro offer magicians here to give you some interesting, very interesting, but strange tips. <laughs> All right. Three things that are working now with micro offer funnels. Uh, we thought we kind of brainstormed before this call and we thought uh, about the three things that we see working that everybody asks us about in our funnels, in our clients' funnels, um, and what we see in the market, because the micro offer funnel is not uh, something we invented. It's uh, something that a lot of people are doing, and we really encourage you to jump on the bandwagon now, not a year from now, now while it's hot. Uh, okay, so the first thing that we uh, talked about is pricing, and this comes with a ginormous disclaimer of um, it really depends on your offer and on your audience uh, and the type of offer that you are doing. But for pricing, what we are seeing in the market uh, and among our clients that are working for the front end offer is somewhere between $27 and $37 for that front end offer. And for the order bump, what I've been finding is that the like $17 to $19 range seems to be converting really well. So that comes with a ginormous um, disclaimer of it really depends on what you are offering at, as far as like what the price point should be. And also that playing with pricing is really important. So not getting stuck uh, in the one, like this is my price and this is all it will ever be. Like we play with pricing all the time as far as like increasing our pricing, decreasing our pricing, uh, increasing our clients' prices. Some, in one case, yeah. I think we increased it too much and we we're like, nope, <laughs> we got to scale that one back. And, and I think if, if someone's listening right now who, if you're advanced at, you know, these micro offer funnels or low ticket funnels, it's still okay to do $1 or $5 and 60 cent things, which, which, you know, I know I've done and our clients have done as well, because then you make up the average order value and profit from because you've done this before or you got it dialed in your order bumps, maybe even two order bumps instead of one and your upsells uh, and then also downsells, you know, I guess that, well, I'll just throw that in as well is that adding a, just one even simple downsell to your last upsell is increasing average order value that recently 24% for one, one client. So it's pretty yeah. slick. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the main goal of your pricing is to make your average order about average order value higher than the cost it takes to acquire a customer. So um, when we talk about the cost to acquire a customer, that typically refers to paid ads or paid traffic. And so if it costs you, say, $35 to bring in a purchase, your average order value should be at or above $35. So whatever it takes your combination of pricing, whatever that takes exactly. to get your average order value higher than the cost it takes to bring in a customer. That's the most important part. If you're not currently running paid traffic, 
then it almost doesn't really matter what your average order value is. Obviously, we all want to make as much money as possible. But if you're not running paid traffic, say you're just promoting this organically and Sally has all of these amazing tips for promoting your stuff organically. Um, if you're doing that, then it really doesn't matter what your average order value is. You can start to work to increase and tweak your a your conversion rates. That's where you would focus the most of your time and energy. But if you are running paid traffic, you don't want to lose money. That's the most important part is not losing money. So <laughs> speaking yeah. your um, pricing and what I found kind of interesting a long time ago, I don't know if you guys remember digital marketer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like for a while when I was running ads all the time, they were like showing up in my like stratosphere, not so much anymore, but um, one of their emails they sent out was, to, I want to say it was like one of their ads courses or something like that. And in, on the sales page, it said like, I forget how much money it was 27 or 19 or whatever it was. And, um, in their sales copy, it was like, why is, why is this $27 or why is this $19 or however much it was? And then it said underneath that, it said, honestly, we did a ton of split testing and this is the price point that converted the best. I mean, they were like so transparent and straightforward cool. about it. It was like, we That's tested cool. it at this price and we tested it at this price and we tested it at this price. And this is the price <laughs> that we landed on because this is the one that converted the best. And I really appreciate their honesty because one, it, it shows that they're actually doing split testing. And two, like they're not married to the price point. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. not they're not sitting there going, this has so much value that I will not sell it for less than $50 or I will not sell it for less than $100. Sometimes people get so married to the content that they created and they assign an arbitrary price that they like absolutely will not sell it for less than X, Y, and Z. Um, And that can get you into trouble, I think, because you really do need to like be unattached to what you feel like the price should be and just start playing with pricing. Yeah. One in case that we had this week, Mia, where you and I were communicating back and forth about possibly increasing a price was the OTO was converting it like 25, 30%. And I'm like, maybe we should look at increasing the price and see if we can up the average cart value, possibly drop the conversion a little bit, but still make more money. So mm-hmm. we did that to OTO one and two wound up taking two back down because it didn't stopped converting, yeah. but we were playing with price this week specifically in the client based on the actual conversion metrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Converting Another thing, just a side note of that, um, sometimes within the copy, your copy might like make your price point seem incongruent. And an example of that is we were running a, an OTO where it was a seven day cleanse and we were trying to sell it for $47. And so rather than decrease the price, we just removed the words seven day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's to the consumer, it's just a cleanse. It doesn't matter Oh, how many days the cleanse is. We don't say at all in the copy how many days uh, the cleanse will actually be. All that matters is the end result. But my assumption and my theory was that people were probably looking at the seven day portion, like 
this is a seven day cleanse and they might see the price of $47 and think that's a lot of money for a seven day cleanse. So we just removed the word seven day. And I, it, I think it increased the conversion yeah. rate exponentially. <laughs> like all of a sudden yeah. that one started I'm selling. I get it right now. Hold on. Give me one second. I'll do some math. <laughs> cool. Cause I remember Mia, we were like going, I even emailed the client. Like, was it, is, is this cleanse seven days? <laughs> yeah. And, and I think like, it doesn't matter how long it takes. Like, wouldn't you rather be able to achieve an end result faster? Absolutely. We all would. But yeah. when I, my theory and my assumption was that when the consumer came onto the page and they saw a seven day cleanse for $47, they weren't thinking about the amazing transformation they were going to get in only seven days. What yeah. they were seeing was, oh, it's only a seven day cleanse for $47. That feels kind of high to me. That was my theory and my assumption. So we just removed the word yeah. seven day. It took the uh, conversion from 5% to 26%. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> and then the average order value then must have popped. Yep, the average order value went up about $20 and in, in about two or three weeks. That's huge. That's probably like 50% or double the average order value. Uh, well, it went up, mm, up about 20%, I would say. Okay. Cause their, her conversion on her order bump is fantastic. Okay. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So sometimes just getting out, like getting out of your own way and getting into the mind of the buyer or the consumer mm -hmm. and just thinking, what, what would I think about this? Or how would I feel about this? Do I think that this is a good value or not? And I would say, um, if you're listening right now and you're wondering, oh, but I don't have the whole I Impossible team to look at my stuff, you know, um, and you should. So whenever we open up Piggy Bank Funnel Live <laughs> round four, get on the waiting list. Yeah. That's at, what what website is that at that people can get on the wait list? A uh, solid question. Let me find that for okay. you. While you do that, uh, um, thank you, Mia. Um, but everyone, if you're, if you're wondering, a, a good way you can do a litmus test is ask a friend of yours or family member to maybe read after you know some stats, right? Uh, to read over something that you don't feel is converting as well. Cause maybe there's a slight word that changes. Like I know we did this for um, Ginger who's live right now. We had, I had someone else um, take a look at, at her front end and she was like right away, like, well, I'm thinking it says something else. So that caused a change in her micro offer name that helps significantly as well. So please know, feel free to, um, you know, ask someone else, you know, like that congruency doesn't make sense. So Mia caught on right away. Wait, seven day cleanse, $47. People are probably cluing in. That's, no, no, no I don't want to pay that. So, yeah. Yes, for sure. Um, I'm going to drop that link later because we don't actually yeah. have a wait list set up. Oh, no, no worries. <laughs> and, and you can comment below because we're going to start giving away free PDFs because we actually have something, wait till tip number three that Mia or Ashley's going to reveal. That's uh, one of Ashley's clients is now totally, you know, is helping her make a lot more sales. And we're going to actually give a little uh, kind of cheat sheet for it. So when you comment below something like give me the cheat sheet or something like that. Uh, we'll make sure you get it. <laughs> yeah. And actually Ginger, you're on here and I want you for tip number three. Uh, this, this one I think is for you. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So let's go on to split testing. Our strange theory when it comes it's to split two. testing, yep. we yep. cannot prove this. Uh, however, we've done extensive testing on our funnels, on our um, client funnels, we believe 
that in a similar fashion to how Facebook likes dynamic creative, we believe that ClickFunnels likes testing, split testing. (laughs) (laughs) It does not matter whether you, uh, what's on the split test. This is our theory. So uh, ClickFunnels allows you to split test very easily um, your pages, your sales pages. All It's like literally just a click of the button and then you can have one version and a version two. And usually there's some variation like um, a change of a headline, a change of an image, um, whatever it is. We generally recommend that you split test one thing at a time to adjust conversion rates. Um, but our theory, because we've tried this so extensively, we would create a split test and we'd be like, oh my God, the split test is winning by far, like clear winner. We get all excited because it's increased the like opt-in rate by like 2% and it's increased the sales conversion rate by 1%. And we are looking at all the stats and we're like clear winner. Like we're so excited. Yay. So we start to like adjust the, cause we don't ever just declare a winner. <laughs> we start to adjust the scale a little bit to send more traffic to the, the clear winner. And then what the heck happens all of a sudden the other one starts to convert better. And we're like, what the hell? So this is our theory. Our theory is that ClickFunnels likes split tests, but more so the whole combination of the special sauce that goes into the ads that people see and the pages that they see, we just believe that some, a consumer might see one ad, one variation of a dynamic creative ad and click on it and then get sent to a landing page. And maybe they weren't quite ready to buy yet, so they don't. And then they might see another variation of the dynamic creative ad, click on that ad and then see the split test. And maybe it was just presented in a different way to them. Same idea, same concept, but different content. And they're like, oh yeah, that clicked for me. And then they go and buy. So our really strange theory is that the combination between dynamic creative ads and split testing in the whole washing machine of that is online marketing just works. Mm-hmm. I, uh, speaking of dynamic creative and just testing, I had someone actually reach out to me yesterday and say, how am I seeing seven different versions of your ad every time I'm in my newsfeed? I always see a different version. I'm like, that's dynamic creative for you because <laughs> it's trying to get you to take the next action. But the split testing thing is so true, Mia. I mean, we had 10% going to one of our clients to the control and the 10% was outperforming the 90%, which we thought was the clear winner two days before. So yeah, it's, it's a little ridiculous. So uh, there's no reason why you can't declare a winner and then create another split test, but we really do believe that um, you are rewarded handsomely if you have all of those little pieces, the dynamic creative ad that serves up different variations of like headline image copy for people to see. And then when they click through the ads, cause they'll click through multiple times, um, they'll see different variations of your sales page. Now, obviously if one is like converting at 0% and then one is converting at like 5%, you have a very clear winner and then you can declare that one a winner and then create another split test. 
But I think a lot of what people are noticing, especially our students, is they'll create these split tests and they'll see like the uh, conversion rate differences are like nominal. You know, they're maybe 0.5% off from each other. And they're like, get super confused because they're like, I don't know which one is the winner. How do I declare this a winner? And it's like, you don't, you just, um, you leave it on and you try and figure out like how to increase your traffic or whatever until one starts to go way, way high. But if they're sitting like at neck and neck, um, then that like, just leave it on. Ginger saying, yeah. uh, thinking back, my best conversions was when I was running dynamic creative and split testing all at once. It's this really bizarre washing machine of online marketing and it just works. It's so, gotta be because your Facebook loves when you give the best uh, experience to the user. And this way we're allowing the user to have their best experience by figuring out what works for them. So it's gotta be some sort of combination of all of that together. Yeah. And Ashley, uh, Ginger's also further asking, um, so keep the dynamic creative going with split testing all the time? I know. So that's always the struggle too, is because you want to have, be able to have that ad to grow the social proof. But so what I've started doing is I've noticed that I will take, split out the dynamic creative. And I've done this in the past week and a half with a client and take the top performing and everything just tanks, unfortunately. So I've started leaving the dynamic creative on and I'm not even worrying about social proof anymore um, because they will start to grow their own social proof in a way. Facebook will just start serving the top performing ones. When we get to a point where there's room in the budget to have multiple campaigns at huge scale, then I'll probably version them out again. But Ginger, for where you are right now, I would probably uh, keep the dynamic creative and split test. Yeah. It's really bizarre. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that too, it changes all the time. Mm -hmm. And every time Facebook is like, we're going to come out with a new algorithm because we think that's fun. Let's mess with people's lives. Yeah. Um, <laughs> every time a new algorithm shift happens or whatever, like we have to relearn how mm -hmm. to best serve our content for our potential buyers. So um, it feels like we're relearning Facebook ads every six months. We're relearning it right now. We are all in the process of relearning Facebook right now. We have a new normal with social distancing and we have a new normal with Facebook ads. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the third tip. Sure. Um, and this is actually one that Ashley came across. So I want you to talk about it. Sure. So I have a client that is B2C. She is a health coach and her big thing is macronutrients and uh, coaching people on how to reverse diet and how to just be their healthiest self. So we were finding, we were running traffic directly towards, uh, she created this amazing spreadsheet of how to track your macros, how to calculate them all out. People weren't really understanding what a macronutrient was, didn't really know it's proteins, carbs, fats, this is way too much info now. I'm teaching you guys about macronutrients. Um, so we were finding that her audience didn't really understand what we were selling them. They didn't really see the value in it because there's lots of free online calculators. So what I had her do, or what we did, is we put together what we're calling a micronar, and it's a 20-minute webinar that they opt into. So it's not, instead of sending people directly to the sales page, we're actually sending them to a registration page. The, they watch the video right there, and then they click to buy. 
So we've uh, been running it now for two weeks. I've actually, I'm testing it with another client we just launched this week, uh, but we've been running it for two weeks now and she has an 18% conversion rate on her micronar. So for every hundred leads, we have 18 sales and it's a $37 product. So not only are we growing her lead list, we're also growing her purchaser list like five times what we were doing in the past and she's making huge numbers now. So we're pretty excited about the initial performance and we'll keep you guys updated too. But I'm really excited about it as a way to further educate your audience and inform them on what your product is, especially for B2C, just because they're not, you know, they do take a little bit longer to pull out their, their credit card. You know, they don't just have it as a business expense. It is something that is mm -hmm. coming directly out of their purse um, or wallet. Um, so <laughs> it does take a little bit more of a conversation with them to send them directly mm -hmm. to a sales. Yeah. And so uh, you're using it as a pre-frame kind of thing mm -hmm. or a, yep. a further education mm -hmm. on why they need your product. Uh, is the webinar Micronar itself placed directly on top of the sales page? So yep. it's yep. just so they can, at the top. Yep. There's the video and then they can scroll down and purchase right on that same page. Could somebody, do you think that, um, do you think it would be as effective if they did not have to enter in their name and email address to opt into it? Do you think that it could be as effective at the top of the sales page? Um, we've tested that in the past too. Uh, the issue there is that she, she was really adamant on growing a lead list. Um, mm -hmm. This was the conversation we had. She understands the benefits of building a buyer's list, but also still really wanted to build a lead list because she does challenges uh, via email once a month. So she wanted to have that pool of people. Uh, we have run it in the past though. I know we, re we recommend to all of you guys to include a five minute video on your sales page itself. So we already are kind of doing that strategy for some clients. But I do think it could be if you are, if the goal is to make the sale and just educate them and not really worry about, you know, growing a hundred leads every few days. And that's definitely a possibility. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's all about what's your long-term strategy. So for her, she really wanted to have, you know, that growth with leads. Yeah. So. What's your thought on that, Maria? Yeah, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it, as Ashley said, it really depends on what your back end is and your strategy because she's doing a challenge once a month, just her email list. So now she saves all that money that you yeah. otherwise have to spend on ads to build up your challenge list. So mm -hmm. I think that's pretty cool. And, and I think at, at the end of the day, you just got to try different things and see what works. And the person who watches that entire 20 minute micronar, uh, mm -hmm. is going to be so much more valuable, right? Than anyone who just looks and spends five minutes on your sales page because they actually bonded with you more. So I like that because right. we all know that, you know, a lot of people are saying our webinar is dead, right? And that's why everyone and his brother and their sisters doing challenges now, right? <laughs> and because, uh, you know, like t a decade ago when I could do have a thousand people on my webinars during a challenge, they'd all stay and I'd blow up go to webinar. But now, you could never get a thousand dollars on a go-to webinar unless you're like Tony Robbins and, or you're spending like a hundred thousand dollars in ads. In, yeah. in place. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's short and snappy. I, I love the name Micronar and we're going to give away everyone. If you're watching right now, we're going to give away a free cheat sheet of what the key elements and success factors of a Micronar is. It's not ready yet, but by the end of the week. So to get it, just comment below that you want that, right? Whether yeah. you say you want it or you want the cheat sheet or whether you say, um, micronar, man, that's a new word, right? I love that. Micronar. micronar. Yeah. I think um, one other key factor in making the determination to use a registration too, was that she's on Kajabi. She's not in ClickFunnels. So we weren't able to add the two step into it. 
So this was the way for her to continue to add leads to the and gather that information ahead of time. So it's kind of a workaround, I guess, if you aren't on ClickFunnels or have the access to a two-step. Good, good point. Good point. My theory is that they would be more invested to actually watch it if they opt in for it. It's true. As opposed to just landing on your sales Mm -hmm. page and seeing a video, they might not have the time or energy to. Yeah. And this way we're able to email them the video too after. And mm-hmm. you know what I love about it? It's simple. Like everyone wants you to do this automated webinar. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like I paid like seven grand like years ago to learn the automated webinar system, right? Because like I knew the live webinar, but nowadays I think people just want it. Like, so it's a video on demand and then mm-hmm. save yourself the tech nightmare. And it's a simple opt-in and boom, there's the video. I love that as well. Yeah. Simple. yeah. No deadline funnel involved. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that mean I can't go buy that? <laughs> Uh, I did. I mean, I think there's a time and a place for everything. Ginger says, I feel like I'm turning into the master of trying all the things. And to be quite honest, Ginger, your experience when it comes to sales funnels is the norm. It, it is not normal, um, or typical to hit it right out of the gate and know exactly what works for your niche or your audience or your offers or whatever. That's not the typical experience. So the typical experience is I have this idea, I'm going to put it out there and see what happens, see what kind of feedback I get. And then I'm going to make micro adjustments and try again. And it might take you a year. It might take, take you two years. It might take, um, seven years. I mean, how long was like Steven Larson trying to get his businesses off the ground before he became, now he's like a multi seven figure or eight figure, you know, valuation. Yeah, it's on. If, if, if anyone hasn't listened to it yet, go to iTunes, um, check out on the I Impossible Radio. Um, I think it's episode seven or six, the interview with Stephen Larson, where he talks about he failed 31 times mm-hmm. before cracking the code. And within one year, he made a million. And please all know that. Don't compare your results to someone who behind the scenes maybe was pedaling hard, like Mia said, for seven years to get something going. And then now, you know, you don't expect you're going to get that one month. It's, it's, right. it's the entrepreneurial journey. And the good news is because we're all online, you didn't have to go spend $50,000 on working capital and a real estate lease to open up some physical store. That's yeah. the beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. So your journey is typical and um, trying all the things is just part of this entrepreneurial drive. Not everyone has it, but those of us who are here in this virtual room together, we have that entrepreneurial drive. So that means that we're not going to give up. We're not going to stop chasing our dreams. We're not going to stop just trying to find that working combination because when we do, we know it's going to be so magical and so uh, easeful and everything will just start to click. And so that's the drive that we have. And unfortunately, unfortunately, that was what we were born with. And, um, you know, not everyone has it. I think we might have spouses that don't have it. I know I do. Um, She does not understand at all my journey or what I go through, or, you know, I try and get her on board occasionally. And she's like, this is the worst thing in the world. She is made to build somebody else's dream. I wish it was mine, but she doesn't (laughs) like what I do. So, um, you know, she was designed to go and be a worker person. She likes order and she wants to know she has a steady paycheck and whatever, but, um, But us in this virtual room, we weren't made that way. We were made to go out and find whatever dream we can. So 
you're on the right path, Ginger. <laughs> you always have the best cherries on our episode, Mia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friends, three things that are working now with micro offers. We are going to um, create this amazing outline for micronars because you might be thinking, I really need a micronar and I have no idea what the heck should be in my micronar. So we'll include things like how long should it be? Um, what type of content should it be? You know, how much time should I spend on each thing? And then how do I pitch into my micro offer? So look for that comment below and we will, uh, we'll get that created for you guys and sent out. Cool. Cool. Ne until next time. Oh, just a side note. If anybody's listening to this and also listens to fun funnel Friday, fun funnel Friday has been moved to the morning time <laughs> because <laughs> I've missed it twice in a row because afternoons are no longer good for me. So look for fun funnel Friday in the mornings now. All right, friends until next time. Hi, everyone.